Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Before I do anything, I want to say that if you're a new listener to this podcast, then you're about to hear a wonderful um, chat from me with frontman of uh, the band Flasher, Taylor Malitz. Um, but before that, I just want to sort of welcome you if you're a new listener. Um, if you are, you've you've joined the party quite late. Um, we're, we're 400 or so episodes in now. Um, and over the last few years, um, I've been so lucky to have interviewed some, some incredible people, um, much like today's episode. Um, but yeah, just to give you a taste of stuff, if you was um, thinking of giving another episode a listen um, after you listen to uh, Taylor's chat, then you can expect to hear conversations with the likes of the Foo Fighters, with Motley Crue, with Swade, Idols, gosh, Public Enemy, um, some incredible actors, some amazing comedians, producers such as Fatboy Slim and Butch Vig, um, yeah, there's like I say, there's there's over four hundred episodes. So when you finish today's episode with Taylor, go and explore it and uh, and have a flick through. And I'm sure you'll you'll recognise loads of your favourite creatives on there. And uh, and you can just press play, and it won't cost you a penny. And you can listen to me chatting away to them about their creative journey and and some really important records in their lives. And uh, yeah, and you're going to get that shortly. Um, I also want to do a few thank yous before. Um, we press play on that chat. Um, I'd like to thank Scroobius Pip uh, and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, it's a wonderful network full of some incredible podcasts, um, such as Scroob's Distraction Pieces, um, Brett Goldstein's Films to be Buried With. You can listen to the Mama Mama podcast, the Hardcore Listing podcast. There's loads. Um, so go and have a, a good explore on that network because it's the home of some ace pods. Um, I'd like to thank 76, who takes this audio and, and when I speak to people in the States a lot of the time it has to be done remotely so 76 my producer will take that audio and, and make it sound nice and warm as if Taylor and I are in the same room um, biggest thanks always go to you lot for continuing to support this podcast and like I say this is a labour of love and and it's given me so much joy certainly over lockdown it gave me such such a purpose and such such a focus to to really sort of immerse myself in developing this and, and reaching out to, to so many people and, and, and getting to have that beautiful distraction from, from you know, what was going on in the world to be able to sit and have lovely conversations with creative people, you know, about how they approach, you know, songwriting and, and the records that have been important in their lives. And, 
yeah and just learning about their journey and yeah long may it continue so so big love to you lot for supporting this podcast um it is a labor of love but there's options if you'd like to support the podcast you can do it for free by subscribing or leaving us a message giving us a follow on the socials um but there is a patreon and that patreon um is going to cost you a dollar a month so I think, what's that, 75p, something like that. 75 pence. Um, what can you get with that in this day and age? I'll tell you what you can get with that. You can get access to hundreds of shows never released. Um, there's radio shows, all the video episodes. Go and watch all of these conversations over on there. Playlists. Uh, there's so much more stuff over there. And I'll try and put out, you know, one, two, three, four, five, sometimes more bits and pieces each week, you know. So for for the pro, you know, for one dollar a month you, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Um so yeah, you can find out about that. You can find out about the socials, you can find out about some really cool merch, uh, and everything else you need to know about this podcast at off the beat and track podcast dot com. That's off the beat and don't think it's beaten. That's the little plan words I've done. You get what I've done there? Nice. Anyway, that's enough waffle from me, and uh, I'm going to introduce you now to some great chat. Please enjoy Off The Beaten Track podcast with Taylor Millitz, a flasher. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off The Beaten Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The cacao bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast. On the Distraction Pieces Network, with me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Taylor, how are you today? I'm doing well. Good, how about good, you? Good. Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. I'm all right. Um, whereabouts uh, are we recording from today? Where are you? So I'm in El Cerrito, California, which is in like the East Bay, San Francisco Bay area. Oh, lovely. you got sunshine out there. Normally, but it's pretty rainy today, All which right. is good. But yeah. Okay. Well, look before um, before we get into uh, your playlist, I just want to ask you, Taylor, how you found the the, the sort of two year hiatus from from life that was the lockdown uh, period during the pandemic, uh, and how you found that personally and creatively. Yeah, it's been. It's been a strange time, to say the least. Um, I mean, I, I've basically been on tour since 2012 up until 2019. Um, so that was basically just like my everyday life. And to have that 
put on hold. I mean, we were already kind of taking a break to start and write and record the next record, but then to just have everything kind of put on pause for, yeah, two plus years was really unexpected and definitely found me doing a lot of soul searching and trying to figure out like what the rest of my life was going to look like. Um, but the record's coming out. So I feel, I feel pretty excited and, and really excited to get back on the road. I definitely was burnt out like after the last record came out and now uh, just, just really ready to get back out there. And I really miss that part of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking to so many sort of musicians and actors and such on this podcast, like it, it echoes what you said. So many people just kind of use that for, for reflection and, and to sort of take stock of things and, and quite quickly realized that how much they missed playing live, how much they missed being out there and, and being on the road. And it's, I've got to be honest, I don't know how you felt, but in the UK, even like a year and a half in, it was like, is it ever going to happen? Like, is, is it going to pick back up? I mean, I, I run a live venue uh, and, and I was thinking like, you know, what, when's this going to start again? Because venues were, were pretty much the first thing to close and, and the last thing to reopen. And so, you know, without them, you guys ain't doing nothing. So it's uh, it was a, a really strange time. And, and I think what's been good at the, at, the, at the shows that I've been to now is that kind of hybrid of the bands being so excited to be playing live again and met with the the, the joy that, that people are witnessing live music again. And it sort of comes together and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Um, well, look, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, let, let's, let's move on to more sort of positive things and, and, and let's, let's bury the pandemic well over there and, uh, <laughs> and, and talk about your song choices. Um, I'm going to ask you, please, Taylor, for track one to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Okay, yeah, this was hard, um, but I, I chose the song I'm Lucky by Joan Armatrading. Um, I mean, I'm just a huge Joan Armatrading fan, which I got from my dad. He was also a big fan, and her CDs were always in constant rotation in my dad's car and on his stereo. Um, and he actually would always play this one record of hers called Track, uh, Track Record, which is it's actually a compilation album. Um, and yeah, this song, whenever it would come on, I mean, it just would always hit me. Uh, it's really sparse when it, when it first starts, it's just the synth part. Um, and then it slowly kind of builds, there's some bongos and then it's her voice, just like very minimal per percussion, uh, like all drenched in like super eighties reverb. Mm. Um, it just sounds so huge. Um, and that's definitely enhanced by how minimal it is to mm. start off. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Every time I hear the song, I imagine myself just like walking through the halls of a stadium about to enter into the concert hall and just like hearing that synthline from outside of the doors yeah. before the, I, you know, before they open up. And I think the reason why I have that image actually is because my dad told me that he had that experience at one of her concerts. Um, so I should check with him to make sure that that's yeah. true. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I just love Love the song. Uh, love Joan. It's great. I, I hadn't heard it until you, you, you sent the list over. And, uh, you know, I'm aware of like, all of Joan's hits. Um, and when I put that on today, obviously I was paying a lot of attention to the intro. And 
I never realised that Joan Armour Trading had gone so synth heavy on 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 some of the stuff. Like you're so used to hearing lots of things like love and affection and and, and, and stuff like that, and it being this gentle, yeah, yeah. you know. And even some of the early, you know, the the, the 80s stuff, like was it Drop the Pilot and things like that. It was like, mm-hmm. hang on a minute, because that that I don't know what synth it is. I don't know if you know what synth it is used on that, but it's really thick, isn't it? It almost sounds like kind of something you'd hear in Flash Gordon or something like that. It's like a really thick, heavy kind of uh, spacey sound. It builds really nice as well. And, and Yeah. You know. Yeah, I was trying to look it up, actually, what kind of synth it was, and I couldn't I couldn't find anything. I think it's probably just like a Yamaha, like DX7 DX7, or something, yeah. but really, really stacked. Yeah. Um, yeah. She had a lot of great session musicians that, that played yeah. on her records, and... Yeah, I love the synthy stuff. I mean, "Drop the Pilot" is probably my favorite songs of hers. Song yeah. of hers, but yeah, um, I'm lucky. It's just like it's really romantic. Uh, it's funny. I was talking about doing this this podcast with some some friends of mine, and how you know the song choices that I was kind of turning around in my head, and we started listening to the song, and my friend was like, "Oh my god." This reminds me of my ex. It's really sad. We have to turn it off. I was like, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you, um, as a musician, uh, Taylor, how, how you approach songwriting. Essentially, the intro, when writing that, and are there ever considerations for things such as Spotify playlists, getting on the radio, these kind of trends, getting on things like TikTok and things like that, where there's these short attention spans that are there. And, you know, do you ever consider them or are you like, my song's going to be my song. It's going to take the shape that it takes. Like, how do you approach that? And Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely do not consider streaming or yeah. TikTok when writing. It is something that I've started to think about after the fact, you know, after the, albums out and i'm like oh as i'm trying to like be more engaged and you know on social media because that's just sadly a part of it like how you know how can i try to use some of those trends using our music still have not figured it out i feel like i'm like over the hill i don't quite get it um but no i mean when it comes to songwriting primarily i usually just start writing on guitar a lot of times just writing chord progressions riffs and then actually like vocals and melodies and lyrics come much later um but yeah never never with the consideration of of spotify playlists um yeah i don't know has anyone ever answered that question and been like oh yeah totally i always write yeah yeah but i i think to be honest like those that do are primarily commercial pop artists that are very fashionable when they're looking for that that you know whatever's trending musically Mm -hmm. you know not i shouldn't i shouldn't disregard them as saying not career artists but um yeah people that are appealing to the 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 right here right now pop market yeah and i mean i think it would be a worthwhile experiment like I'm not against the idea. Maybe it would be a fun thing to try. Like, I don't know. Have you listened to the new Charlie XCX record? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's fantastic, but yeah, apparently the whole thing when she was going into making that album was, she was just like, I'm going to like 
digest all of these trends and all of these different like pop uh, tropes and like distill them into one record and just like make the most massive thing that I can. And it worked. I mean, it's, I think it's cool. So yeah, I guess in the Charlie XCX vein, I'm into, into that idea. The, 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 some some of the guests I've had on that have been quite interesting. Have had quite interesting takes on that. Have been people that were formerly, you know, artists, whether they be indie bands and things like that, and are now songwriter, like now, now song like pop songwriters, mm-hmm. uh, and are now no longer in the public eye, but you know are actually having more success. You know, I, I imagine, and probably more financially rewarding writing for other people and and them discussing like as artists that it was all about the song and you know and, and they are and, and 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 not to you know not to follow fashion and just to you know maintain their style uh and then to hear them being brought into right almost as if there's like a science to pop and like you know you need to yeah, do this you've got to start with a chorus you've got to do, and it's like and hearing them sort of trying to you know and and some of these people were like in like prolific shoegaze bands and things like that and they're like from having these massive soundscapes to like shit i've got like two minutes to like make this you know sweet hook ridden and and i think you know that that's got to be as difficult to get that right as it is to create a a 15 minute shoegaze masterpiece do you know what i mean right yeah it's, it's both unique in its own right so yeah it's it's a question that uh you know, anybody that's a songwriter, I'm always curious to hear how they, they, they approach that and what sort of filters into their creative process. But I'm going to take you back for track two, Taylor, and ask you, please, to tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Yeah, so for this this question, it was pretty easy. Um, it shows Life on Mars by David Bowie, um, which I would be surprised if it hasn't already been an answer um but yeah this is just another one that was like in in my dad's cd collection um i mean it's classic it's just like a true ballad super anthemic through and through extremely dramatic his vocal performance is incredible it has all these key changes and string parts are really like have complex chord changes um And yeah, I remember being like completely confused by the lyrics the first time I heard it. I was just like, what is he going on about? Um, But then after listening to it on repeat, it really started to resonate with me. Um, Especially because, yeah, his his vocal performance just has so much emotion in it. But yeah, I mean, it's very existentialist and absurdist, you know, about escapism and disillusionment with entertainment and the modern day reality that we're all living in. Um, and yeah, as a like angsty preteen that really hit home for me. And yeah, it just feels very like cathartic in this way. Like the type of emotion that it brings up for me is similar to the one that I experienced when I watch like the Olympics or something, which is really like (laughs) lame, but like I get really emotional watching people like, persevere through something and reach this like end point where they you know they succeeded and it's just this like huge release like it always and you just see someone that struggled so much yeah that's not what the song is about but that's kind of the way it feels listening to it you, you mentioned you, you you know two tracks now that that you draw you know your memory is drawn from 
uh, your dad's CD collection. Like, let, let, let's talk about the, you know, the, the, those early years. Like, where, where was home growing up, and uh, mm-hmm. and was it a musical, a musical place? Yeah, so I'm from the suburbs of Washington D.C. Um, I actually grew up in the house that my dad grew up in, so definitely from that area. Um, I mean, my dad was very into music and he, he was like a single parent father until I was seven. Um, so we're, we're super close. Um, but he's not a musician himself, but he loves music. I mean, it was very like dad rock. Yeah. You know, a lot of like Steely Dan, a lot of classic rock love, like love Tom Petty. Um, but then he also was into like Joan Armatrading and Shania Twain. It was pretty like eclectic. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think to answer your question, yeah, DC is home for sure. And I lived there up until, well, I went to college in New York, lived in Baltimore for a bit, and then was back in DC basically from 2012 until 2019. And then when COVID happened, my partner and I lost our jobs and we had been talking about moving to LA. We were like, okay, well, we're, we're actually making decent money from unemployment. Like, yeah, and we have, we can just do it, you know, let's go. So we, we moved. Um, but yeah, DC is still very important to me and will always be home. And actually Emma, my bandmate in Flasher yeah. is still there. So yeah, I go back and forth pretty frequently. Okay. Well, let's stay in the, the, the formative years and I'm sure it, it was. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic, ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget. Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, where, where, where a majority of this took place. And tell me, please, for track three, a song that reminds you of your time at school. Okay, yeah, this one's kind of embarrassing, but it's so true. Um, it is Get Low by Lil John and the East Side Boys. Uh, I guess, like, the first crunk, you know, yeah. smash hit. Um, it came out in 2003, so I was, like, 11 or 12. And it was just, like, a staple at every high school, or not high school, every dance through high school and middle school. Um, any house party, 
I mean, it was just like this song that you would play to drink out of a red solo cup too. Um, (laughs) And it's fun. I mean, I still put it on from time to time if I'm like trying to get hyped up. Uh, Yeah. Little John. Tell me about school. How was it? Did you enjoy it? No, I was not, not into school. I mean, I liked the social aspect of it, but I was not the best student. Um, Middle school was a very strange time trying to figure out i mean i think that's the case for most people but yeah any i i joke that like anytime i meet someone who says that like middle school is the best time of their life um i do not trust them and i think they're like a sociopath (laughs) because it is just like you're awkward going through puberty you don't know who you are you're trying on yeah all these different different identities and and figuring out what the rest of your life is going to look like. And you're just so filled with hormones and angst. So yeah, middle school, not, not the best time high school. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't, didn't love it. Would skip school all the time, to be honest with you. Um, Was you a creative kid? Yeah, I would say I was creative. I was like very into art and music. Um, I mean, I would spend like, hours on the computer downloading stuff from like i mean first napster and then it was like limewire uh, what was it limewire morpheus bearish you know just hours like trying to find new music and there was this website called hype machine mm. I don't remember that yeah. but yeah i would like that was very big for me and fuck i've not thought about hype machine for years that was amazing yeah <laughs> yeah it was cool you and get just, some yeah, amazing like, remixes and that on there I know. I actually feel like when when our last album came out, like Hype Machine was trying to rebrand in like more like a stereo gun type of thing. Mm. I, I don't I haven't heard anything else, so I don't know if yeah. it worked out. But um yeah, I mean that website was huge for me yeah. in terms of finding out like new stuff that was coming out. Did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? Um I mean I think by the time I was like 14 15 i wanted to play music uh then i also was like well what are the chances of that happening maybe i should go to art school so that's what i went to college for and study graphic design um but then i started playing music again and just like gave that a go i mean i think when i was really young i was like i want to be a firefighter or i want to be a mad scientist you know that that didn't really pan out but um yeah, I feel like playing music was always high up on the list. I never wanted to be like a lawyer or a doctor, which for better or for worse, you know, maybe I should have. <laughs> nah, it's way more fun being a musician. Um, track four. This should be the embarrassing one, not the last one. This is the one, oh, where, yeah. this is the one where everyone's got you. <laughs> I always like it when I get the list and people are brutally honest. I always like that. Um, yeah. When I first started this podcast, the second episode I did, I had um, Russell from Block Party on. And, uh, and I thought, is he going to try and be too cool for school? And on this one, he was so honest. I was like, excellent. There's the benchmark there. Like, and from then on, everyone else has been brutally honest on this one. So, uh, so let's find oh out what, what yours That's- is. It's funny that you brought up Block Party because I was about to put um, Little Thoughts by Block Party as the song that reminded me of my school days because I loved Block Party. Oh, really? I was like, I mean, yeah, that's why I bought a Telecaster was because of 
because of Russell. I was wow. just like, I, I wanted to make music that sounded like them, which, you know, I, I can hear it somewhere hidden yeah. in there. Um, that's crazy, but, man. Yeah. That's funny that you brought them up. Uh, but the first song that I bought from record store was, or it was actually their, a CD. Um, but the song that I wanted on that CD was blue by Eiffel 65. Yeah. Um, off of their 1998 album Euro pop. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it makes sense that to a eight year old, that was like the coolest song ever. Cause it's basically sounds like Teletubbies or something, yeah. you know, it's very, <laughs> was the album called Euro pop. Europe. Amazing. Yeah. It literally does what it says on the tin. That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I bought that CD and um, Enema of the State by Blink-182 cool. same day. Cool. Oh, but, that's, yeah. that's, that's cooler. <laughs> I know. I went for them. Yeah. Well, in those early years, um, talk to me about confidence. Like, was you a confident kid? Um. I mean, I was very outgoing. I was kind of like class clown, you know, but I feel like as is the case for a lot of kids that are the class clown, it's because they're actually insecure and it's like a way for, mm-hmm. for you to feel um, like you belong and that people like you, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I never like was super shy, um, and was outwardly pretty pretty bubbly and charismatic but internally i was i was sad you know and and as a musician you know walking out on stage and you know having people standing there staring at you and you are you know gonna then perform um are you confident in that yeah i would say so um i mean i get nervous what's your routine Tell me your routine before you walk on stage. Are you are you one of those guys that like, you know, has like fifteen nervous pisses before you walk on stage? And like, because when, when I used to do music, it was like I've just got to go and have a quick piss, and then like oh, I need another one, and I didn't. It was just nerves, just going through me, through me, through me. And it oh was yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm just curious as to like what everybody's little routines are. Yeah, I was gonna say go to the bathroom about twenty times. It's kind of like. <laughs> It's like me and all my bandmates going through the same thing. So I'm like, get out of there. I have to go. No, no. So yeah, um, that like usually we'll like hug and huddle each other, yeah. you know, just huddle around before, before the set. Usually take a shot to calm yeah. the nerves is a thing, um, which sometimes can go too far. Yeah, yeah but, you know. but you know, we're older now. We're not going to come out wasted on stage but um yeah i tried to like do some vocal warm-ups these days because mm-hmm. that does actually help yeah and yeah just kind of jump around and shake it out love it love it but, yeah well, let, let's <laughs> talk about jumping around and shaking it out because for track five um taylor i'm gonna ask you to tell me the song that soundtrack your years clubbing okay so never really had like a true clubbing moment but the song that i chose was like a g6 by far east movement um the song came out in 2010 so that's this is when i was in college in new york and it was just everywhere I mean, it was like on the radio it was playing at every bar anytime i went to like a dance night 
the song was on. It's very silly, um, but for better or for worse, I still really like it. I just think it's fun. Um, so a G6 turns out because like I was like, what is a G6? Is it a plane? And when you Google it, it's actually like a G6 is a Pontiac car. Oh, okay. Um, but they were referencing a G4, I think, which is a type of plane, but they were saying it's flyer. I mean, I guess flyer than a G4 didn't really quite rhyme. So they were like, we're going to go one, you know, we're going to go above a G4. Yeah. It's a G6. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. so in, in 2010, you was in New York. Mm-hmm. And so uh, aside from clubbing, I, I imagine that there would have been like bars and things like this. Not that I'm disregarding your choice, but I'm also thinking you referenced like um, Block Party there. I'm just thinking in 2010, the music that was finding its way to the UK from New York was in abundance. There was lots of exciting things, like LCD Sound System, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, you know, and, and stuff like that. You know, how was that sort of being around new york at that point was that on your radar that sort of stuff or was it yeah definitely um i loved the yeah yeah yeah, but i think that they had like by the time i got to new york had basically like stopped putting out music or maybe they had just put out that that last record with what's that song heads will roll on it um i wasn't like totally tapped into that it was more like going to some of the smaller like rock clubs uh, yeah. like death by audio um there was a place called like secret Pro- project robot and another venue called market hotel um there was this show promoter called todd p that would put on a lot of like indie bands um so it was more more in that vein so yeah that's like I wouldn't really call that clubbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, like the rock clubs, you know, yeah. going, going to see like Vivian Girls. That oh, was nice. a New York band. That was, that was big at that time. Um, Waves was like, was going, doing his thing yeah. before he became a landlord or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was kind of what was going on in New York for me. And I was like, more into punk but yeah. still like very tied to dc so yeah, so coming back a lot and yeah that was part of i was like too poor to hang in in new york with all of my schoolmates you know yeah. they were all just like i feel like at least half of the students there were like kids from la yeah um that just had tons of money and i couldn't really hang out with them you yeah. know had like a hundred dollars every two weeks to live off of yeah but, but yeah. I mean, it, it is weird when you you look at privilege and 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 I'm I'm always fascinated to, to to sort of look at it in the arts because certainly in the UK, so many of the most recognised and chart topping bands and actors all come from money. Um, and I find that that's, I think that's really sad that, and it just comes down to the fact that so many in the UK, I don't know if it's the same in, in the States, but in the UK, you know, most bands try and gravitate towards London and, and, and the big cities to try and, you know, get on the gigging scene and such, you know, be close to the, to the labels and things like that. And it just feels, 
that to be able to maintain that, you can't live in London. It costs too much money. And and so many actors that I've you know that I speak to were saying that you know we didn't know if it was going to happen because I couldn't go to auditions every day because I had to go to work. And yeah. whereas if you're privileged and and don't get me wrong, you're, you're born into whatever you're born into, and I'm not hating on that. Um, but you do get them opportunities where you can just, if you've got money given to you and a roof over your head, you can then write a record. You know, you can then go to as many auditions as you want and not have to concern yourself with working, you know, nine to five, five days a week to pay the bills. And yeah, and and I think a lot of people can't help but gravitate towards those. I do. Like when when you see like these working class bands or working class actors break through and and have huge success, you know you look at bands like the Arctic Monkeys in the UK that are just you know kids from council estates that that you know certainly. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, I'm privileged. And, and it, that's reflective in, you know, their lyrics and things like that. And I find, and it's, I guess it's the same the same with hip hop as well. The early days of hip hop, you know what they're singing about. It was like it was poverty, and mm-hmm. and yeah, I think. Do, do you know where I'm, I'm just having a rant? I don't know why, where I'm going with it, but uh, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, no, totally. I mean, that's definitely the experience, especially like I mean, it's it's everywhere, but in indie rock for sure. It's like a lot of the bands that are able to go on tour at first. You know, they had to buy a van and buying a van costs like six or seven thousand dollars for one you know that may or may not make it across the country and yeah having money to record i mean nowadays it's like a lot easier to record yeah it's it's a lot more accessible which i think is great um yeah i mean i definitely used to feel really bitter about not coming from money especially because i grew up in an area that um is pretty affluent and so, like, a lot of the people that I was around had a ton of money, you know, then went to New York. Obviously, that I have, like, insane student debt from it, uh, which was not the best decision. But, like, 
you know, I wasn't paying for it out of pocket then. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, grew up in this area that's very affluent, which I would not have been able to, to live there had I not, had my dad not inherited his house, basically, yeah. you know, we would not have been able to afford to, to be in that area. So I was always around people with money and, and just would feel like very, yeah, just bitter, yeah. bitter about why, why I didn't have those same circumstances. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was really lucky because the proximity to that, um, you know, opened up doors um, that, that other people certainly don't have. Um, I mean, not necessarily with the music, like I, just like, you know, having a friend that has like a beach house and being yeah. able to go to that. I mean, things like that were really, really nice. Um, yeah. Uh, it's cool though. In, in today's age, I feel like a lot less people are, gravitate or you know you don't see all the bands coming out of new york yeah. it's really all over the place like there's like a, an amazing scene in cincinnati um and just like all these small cities around the country kansas city has great music minneapolis it, places where it's more affordable to live and yeah. you've seen those bands do really well so i do think that's like changing a little bit but you know privilege is privilege and yeah okay yeah. <laughs> let's take you home uh track six favorite song from an artist from your home county please so for this one i chose the song deformative by the band um black eyes mm. uh so black eyes was a post-hardcore band um on discord records i think this album came out in 2003 or 2004 was their first record they only put out two um it was the self-titled one um but yeah bands like Black Eyes and Q and Not You and The Faint were kind of my entry point into punk um, because it was still very like danceable and dub influenced. You know, they had two drum kits, but it was still very abrasive and jagged. Um, and it was cool to like see the, the discord bands that were like coming out at that time because, you know, by the time I first listened to Fugazi, they had already broken up. Mm. Um, but there were these other, other really cool post-hardcore bands making great music. Um, and they were very like accessible to the young people in the scene, like Hugh, Hugh McElroy, who is the bass player of Black Eyes actually recorded my high school band, um, for free through this thing. I think he recorded like two songs and I don't know how I found it, but there was just this program that they were offering called the DC free recording project. And I applied for it and they, you know, I don't know how many people have actually applied, but they, they accepted the band and we went to inner ear studios, which is like a legendary uh, DC area um, recording studios. Like where, I mean, almost, almost all, not all, but like a lot of those um, uh, discord bands recorded. I mean, Fugazi, Q and I, black eyes i mean the list goes on and on and on um so yeah he recorded recorded my shitty high school band uh and then he recorded another band that i was in called priests um and he yeah it was him and his his ex-husband uh kevin erickson recorded two of the priest records so they were kind of like our like dads 
Um, and yeah, I just learned a lot from them, but yeah, this song in particular, the lyrically, it's actually really dark. It's kind of about like sexual assault. Um, and I remember, yeah, the first time I heard it, just not really processing what he, you know, what he was saying and then kind of going back and like, Whoa, this is, this is intense, but yeah i love the like dual vocals yeah Yeah, there's such an urgency about it as well like it's uh it's incredible and you 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 touched on so many great bands there and knowing that that so many of them come from where you come from did it did it always feel that like you know my my band can 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 emulate this you know people from where i'm from can do this like did it feel possible Definitely. Yeah. DC was like a great place to, to grow up and play music. Um, I mean, Ian was super accessible. Ian Mackay was super accessible. Same with Ian Spinonius, like Hugh from, from Black Eyes, Chris Richards, who's in Q Not You. Now he's like the main music critic for uh, Washington Post. And he's really dialed into all the new bands that are going on and loves to like feature new and up and coming acts from the area. Um, so having all that, at your fingertips is really great. And you can just like email these guys and they'll write back and, and hang out and that they're at the shows, yeah. you know? So yeah, it was really, really great. Nice. Before we get to the last track, I asked about confidence um, earlier. And, and one of the things that, you know, you, you realizing that, you know, it's possible that you can, you know, that, 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 artists from where I'm from can do this. Um, but like anything in music, it's very competitive to, sorry, the, the industry is a competitive place uh, to, to sustain and, uh, and have a prolonged career within it. So confidence aside, talk to me about drive. Yeah, drive, it's... Like kind of like I was saying before, just about being go, go, go from like, I guess it was like 2011 till 2019. It was just like constantly on tour, practicing, recording. I mean, that was like all I did. And then having the pandemic hit right as I was like experiencing a burnout, I just kind of like stopped making music. I mean, we recorded this record, the new Flash record um, in the summer of 2020 and then like after we finished that i kind of just like went into hibernation was feeling totally uninspired basically um and that lasted for like a year and i think i felt a lot of guilt about that not having the drive to keep making music for a bit um and you know i got like a marketing job that was really soul-sucking and I think I kind of had to go through that in order to like rejuvenate the creative juices. Um, and I, yeah, I feel like when people talk about drive, it's something that needs to be a straight line, you know, that's always like a, a straight line t- trending upward yeah. or whatever. Um, and I don't think that that's a lot of people's experiences and accepting that sometimes it's a roller coaster and sometimes there's a long dip where you know you're not at the top is is okay um and thankfully you know i've i've come out of that and i'm feeling a lot more excited i mean 
to be frank, I feel like not just for musicians, but for everyone. I mean, it's been, everyone's asking themselves like, what is the point? Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways. And obviously the point of art and music, there isn't a point. You just, that's not why you create. Um, But I don't know, regaining that sort of inspiration and that drive is, I'm, I'm happy to be back in that place. Good. Last track. And this is, uh, I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to take you down with the kids for this one. And you're going to be uh, an influencer. I believe they're called in this day and age, um, for track seven, uh, a song that you think many people may not know, uh, Taylor, that you would like them to hear, please. I chose the song underground waiting, um, by the band daisies. Uh, and this is a band that I feel like in a just world, they would be massive. I think that they are so good. Everything that they put out is so catchy. Um, But they're, you know, they haven't had their moment in the sun yet. But this is, this is why we're influencing right now. Um, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. It's, they need to, I don't know, go on tour or something. I feel like. Are they on Spotify? I couldn't find them on Spotify. Oh, really? It's it's on Spotify. I'll send it to you. Oh, okay. Uh, but I feel like there's maybe like a bunch of bands called Daisies or right. something, and it's hard to find the right one. But um, it's a duo from Olympia, Washington. Um, this song in particular came out, I think, in 2020 uh, from an album called Daisies in the Studio with Rap Class, which I also don't know anything about Rap Class. I think it might just be like one of the members mm-hmm. <laughs> of the band. Um, but as far as I understand, all the music is written and produced by this guy, Chris McDonald, who was in, in another uh, project called Trans FX that has put out a few records, um, one of which on a friend of mine's label called Perennial. Um, it's super heavily inspired by like 80, late 80s, early 90s, like rave and festival cultures and music. Yeah. Um, to me, it sounds like a mix between like LFO, St. Entian, Happy Mondays. Wow, that do. Yeah, like very like uh, drum and bass, like very beat heavy, um, but just super, super catchy. Um, so yeah, that's this is the song I chose. And they also have another album called What Are You Waiting For? that came out in 2019. It was hard to pick because uh, I love that whole record too. But yeah, I'm going to send them to you on spotify wonderful i think you'll you'll be a fan well what we make it easy for people to go and explore that then once you've sent that over we put together a spotify playlist of all of the songs that you've you've chosen and obviously some uh flash of stuff on there as well um as this year is gathering speed we're, we're, we're fast approaching the the middle of the year already uh as a, a you know in 2022 being a far more joyous connected and creative space than it's than the the previous two years um with all of that in mind taylor what are you looking forward to from the rest of this year personally and what's going to be happening professionally uh personally i'm really looking forward to traveling this summer um on tour and also just like road tripping across the country with my with my partner um, I'm really excited to go back on tour. We're going to be on the road um, 
in June doing like the East Coast and Midwest, and then we'll be on the West Coast in September, and then hopefully we'll get back over to Europe uh, soon. We'll see. It's it's really hard to to plan ahead yeah, at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, um, But yeah, I'm just really excited for people to hear this record. Yeah. You know, it's we've been sitting on it for for a while now, and I think it's a it's a departure from the last one. Definitely a lot of new sounds that we're exploring, um, and the singer or the drummer and also singer of the band Flasher uh emma is like way more in the spotlight on this record we're you know kind of fronting the band on a lot of the songs and i think it's for the better i mean she just has a beautiful voice and and it's great so i'm really excited to for everyone to hear that wonderful and if people want to keep up to speed um with tour dates um release schedules and such where's the best place to keep up to speed um, we have a website. It's just flasher.band. Um, but we have, you know, Instagram and Twitter, TikTok. We're trying yeah. to do that. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, all the regular social medias Excellent. and flasher.band. Yeah. Oh, well, if you're all right with it, when we put this episode out, we'll, we'll, we'll tag all your socials in it as well so people can go uh, and explore the band if they've not done so already. Perfect wonderful taylor it's been a real joy talking records with you today um thanks loads for your time and uh and enjoy the summer enjoy the touring and the road trips and, and best of luck with the new music thank you so much Stu. yeah this is a pleasure thanks absolute for having pleasure me. take it easy take care see you soon man bye-bye there you go oh thanks taylor what a what a lovely human being what a lovely chat um what an incredible journey uh Great record choices. Um, growing up in DC, what a what an incredible place to be in a, you know, uh, it, it, being a young lad aspiring to be a musician in in DC, like surrounded by and, and just hearing him talking about like you know, Fugazi, they're just at the shows, you know, they're just hanging out. All of these bands, I just think it's amazing, you know. And um, if you're going to be DIY and you're going to play music the right way, then then you know, look at Fugazi and and. and subsequent projects from Ian and, 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 and the musicians, you know, they play it right. They really do get it right. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, mention at the beginning, if you want um, more content, please go and explore the back catalogue. It won't cost you anything. Um, like I say, over 400 episodes to go and get lost in. Um, subscribe. That's really nice. That helps. It just kind of, all these things, I like push it through algorithms. I don't really know what an algorithm is. Um, I know it's something that generally just makes you try and, it tries to convince you to spend money on social media. Um, but yeah, if you give us a like, love, a share, or a retweet, then um, yeah, go and get stuck into that back catalogue for free. If you're feeling generous, you can spare a dollar a month, then um, there's the Patreon on there. Essentially, you're just supporting the podcast, but you get a load of other content as well. Off the beat and track podcast.com. Thanks ever so much for listening. Um, have a lovely week. Um, I'll be back next time. In the meantime, um, yeah, just be nice. See you soon. Bye-bye. It's Off the Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It's me, Stu Whipping. Eat a